The Florida Panthers survived a trap game in a Monday matinee at FLA Live Arena, going by down by two goals and end up winning in overtime over the Anaheim Ducks. Alex Baumgartner is okay. back to discuss this big win and, sur- and a surviving win for the Florida okay. Panthers. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Monday, February 20th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Ramon Velez, and you can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. Don't forget to also send in your screenshot of your subscription to the Locked On Florida Panthers YouTube channel and your five-star rating on whichever podcast app you listen to Locked On Panthers for your chance to win two free tickets to the Florida Panthers versus Chicago Blackhawks game on March 10th. Best of luck, everybody. So the Cats, they first came back from their four-game road trip. Of course, we discussed the 2-2-0 road trip with Alex Slump from Full Press Hockey. It's always difficult for a team to come back that to set the tone that first game when, when you return in a place that you're very comfortable in. Panthers go down by two, and they come back. And we're even trailed trailed again three to two, and then score two and answered, send it to overtime, and get a win and get a game winner in overtime by Carter Verhage, and survive a trap game. And this will be a great time to bring in my guests on the show. It, it's a uh, it's another Alex. Uh, it's Alex Baumgartner from Five Reason Sports Network. Alex, welcome back to Locked On Panthers. Thanks for having me back. Absolutely. Thank you so much for thank you so much for uh, being coming back here on the show, discussing um, this four to three win for the Florida Panthers over the Anaheim Ducks, where, you know, just coming into this game. I mean, Alex Slump and I spoke about it yesterday, how if the Florida Panthers had lost this game, especially in regulation, how honestly I would have felt that it was. I, I would have felt that this could have been a funeral type of podcast uh, t- today based on especially, of course, beating the Anaheim Ducks earlier in, in the season, getting 48 shots with um, uh, in back in November, which the Florida Panthers got 55 shots uh, t- today uh, on Monday afternoon. But you would think that with it being a 1 p.m. puck drop that it would be the Ducks that would be off to the slow start. But no, it was quite the op. It was it was quite the opposite. Even though the Florida Panthers were dominating the possession early, it was just some silly mistakes for 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 the Panthers, especially on the goaltending and where we couldn't blame. I didn't want to blame Bobrovsky on the last game for for the goals given up. But uh, what what do you think of the first two goals um, for for the Panthers? Because I thought um, I thought Bob was a little slow to get going in, in those uh, on those first two goals. The first goal, I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, that's the McTavish one. Yes, it was the, so on the what, rebound. At least from what I saw was it looked like Bob made the initial save, right? Mm-hmm. So what happened was it looked like Mark Stahl mm-hmm. wasn't marking his side of um, the goal. So when he slid over, 
Um, the first shot already went off, but he slid so much that McTavish had the clear look at the rebound. And, you know, when a, when a guy is that open alone in front of the net, especially if the goalie does make the initial sleeve, there has to be someone to at least get a stick on the puck. And that's not what happened. The second goal, I mean, you know, power play, wide open net. Um, there's not much you can really do there. Yeah. And, and for it, it's funny for this game, uh, for, for the Panthers and, and, and the ducks, it was the, it was two former Panthers who got on, on the scoreboard for, for, um, for the Ducks, uh, Petrano was the one who got it off the power uh, off the power play where it bounced on the end boards. Bobrovsky commits a little to his left, um, and then that's when Frank Petrano uh, got it into the open net. And for 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 the Panthers, I mean, the the I I thought in the first even prior to the the goals by the by the Ducks, they were great at pinching uh, in, in, on their pinches, pinning them towards the boards, creating the turnovers as well. But there was a lot of um, there's a lot of misconnections as well. Um, I mean, there was just there was a sequence where Ekblad breaks his stick in in the neutral zone, and then on that very same sequence, Ryan, um, Sam Reinhardt tries a one timer uh, and and then breaks his uh, st- stick as, as well. So just, but also I think the Florida Panthers did very well in realizing that John Gibson was giving up quite a few uh, juicy rebounds. Uh, how how do you see the adjustments that the Panthers made to keep attacking? Sometimes stats can definitely be deceiving. So when you see a team out shooting someone by 30 plus almost or something around that, you could say it was pure domination. I did think the Panthers for the third period, it was besides that one mishap where they gave up the, the go ahead goal. It was pretty much domination. The shots were like, 22 to something 22 to 3 24 something in panthers favor it was very high i think florida let anaheim get a couple good breaks i think it might have been in this in the second period anaheim had a couple good looks and consecutive shifts off the russian transition where the while the panthers really couldn't generate anything through the neutral zone and they had to keep dumping and chasing and getting the pucks in deep um the, the pinches were like so so for me. There was a couple times where your guys got burnt, and it led to odd man rushes the other way. Luckily, it didn't turn out to too much for the Ducks, but the Panthers really flipped the switch. I think towards the end of the second period, because I also noticed that it seemed like they were trying to get more traffic and pucks towards John Gibson because even though he will get a lot of saves, he does give up a lot of rebounds, and the pucks were sitting in and around the crease. And as you look at the first couple Panthers goals, it was all kind of like that, you know, uh, the, the Eric Stahl tip gets a stick on it and banks off a skate and goes in. Um, there was the Lomberg tip. There was a play where Looser Reinen was right in front of the net. It didn't account to a goal. But once again, you know, getting the puck towards the goal, um, winning the net front battle and then getting the tip onto the net. That's kind of how you have to win hockey games. So the Panthers did adjust towards the back end of that second period. Now, uh, four-on-three power play, you really have to try and score there. And then, obviously, one puck hits the crossbar. But, um, you know, after that power play went 0-4 on the four-on-three and then the five-on-four, and the Ducks came back, it looked like the Panthers didn't really, uh, you know, it looked like the Panthers were going to lose that one. So um, they were lucky to get that tying goal and due in large part to how good that third line was, Lombard, Cousins, and Eric Stahl. If it wasn't for them, they wouldn't have won that game. They each had four shots on goal. 
Um, they average 15 or around 15 minutes of total ice time, which is pretty good for the third line. I mean, that third line really brought all the momentum for the Panthers in the game. Yeah, and at, uh, at, at five on five together, uh, 10 minutes and 58 seconds, and then shots for when they were on the ice versus shot against 17 to two. And what every <laughs> George Richards uh, tweeted uh, saying that every single time he looked at the at the blue paint at the blue paint, Eric Stahl uh, was there. And to think that also the Panthers got a a goal uh, called back, which was the correct call for goalie interference, uh, where Mahura just couldn't stop his uh, momentum enough to push Gibson out of the net. Uh, so, so but still, but still the uh, and also the times that the Panthers have gone a little bit on rushes and have hesitated to, to shoot as well. There are even times where even before Mark Stahl got his goal that I was in, in my head, I was thinking, shoot, but that was happening it, a lot in the first period, they were getting a little too cute with the passes and then Anaheim got two quick ones. And then all of a sudden you're like, now it's two zero. You guys had a lot of chances. It's sometimes one over pass or missed. Pass and now they're going the other way. Yeah. And that, um, one of them included the, um, Matthew Kachuk trying to between the legs, uh, against John Gibson, which completely mi um, missed the net. As, yeah. As I think well. he had a, I think he had a little bit more space than initially thought. So I think he could have pulled it back to the forehand, but Kachuk is pretty good at least getting the puck with that between the leg shot. So, you know, it's worth a try. I guess. Mm -hmm. for, for sure. And, uh, and the Panthers, they made their adjustments and, and we spoke about how the, the, the Panthers, we're, we're not misconnecting on passes um, towards the latter part of the game like they were in the in the beginning, but pa the Panthers they still they still found a way to come out with this four to, to three overtime win over the Anaheim Ducks. We're going to transition over to segment number two, where we discuss more about what what the players said after after today's matinee matchup between the Florida Panthers and the Anaheim Ducks. But first, we're going to tell you all about athletic greens and i started taking ag1 because sometimes i have a little bit too much coffee and sometimes i need a little bit of a break from from that as well of course being in south florida currently uh i did make a little visit to uh to vicky's bakery but i did but you know after i return from south florida i'm gonna take a little bit of a break from the coffee and go back to my athletic greens and i started taking that because I need a little bit of a break from the coffee. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptions to help you start your day right. With special blend of ingredients, support your gut health, nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All the things. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition with just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Segment number two here on this Monday, February 20th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast where the Florida Panthers defeat the Anaheim Ducks by a final score of 4-3 to three in a President's Day matinee matchup 
against the uh, against Anaheim. And Alex, uh, just uh, it, it's a it's a little crazy. Uh, we, we spoke about, of course, uh, the Eric Stahl uh, scoring, and then Mark Stahl on 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 the rush. We haven't uh, we haven't seen too much of we haven't seen too much of that, but just a also a very clean chip uh, from Etulu Strain, who also got the the chip for the game winner to uh, Carter Verhage. Now we can call Carter Verhage a thirty goal uh, scorer, uh, but Mark Stahl now. Two goals in the last three games, a, a big one against the Washington Capitals and then uh, and then Mark Stahl getting the, the, the tying uh, goal when it was 2-2 at 17-23 in the second period. Uh, and also, like I said in the first segment, we've seen Mark Stahl being a little more aggressive on the rush. Uh, how, 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 are you feeling, how are you feeling about the Stahl brothers after everything that was said to them uh, about them, especially from the fan base in the first uh, few months of the season? Eric's been uh, Eric's kind of rejuvenated his career a little bit. Obviously, he didn't play in the NHL last year, play in the Olympics for Team Canada. Had a little quick stint in the AHL, I believe. Mm, for Iowa. Yeah, and that was basically Olympic tune-up for him. But no, after not scoring until, what was it, December, he's pretty much been on a tear. He's been very consistent in that role. And the Panthers have missed their center, their top three centers decently frequently in the um, – in the last few months, Sam Bennett once again doesn't play. So Eric Stahl not playing fourth line minutes, but you know, he looked good on that third line. Once again, I think that's four goals in his last eight would have been five. If uh, that other one didn't get disallowed, but he's a type of player that has been around the block and he's won championships. He's won gold medals. He knows he, he there's a very good chance. He, with that triple goal club and the Stanley cup, there is a good chance he will make it to the hall of fame when it all is said and done. I think he will get a good couple looks at that. Um, he plays the game in the areas where you need to win. As you said, um, they, they tweeted that he was around the crease every single time. That's how you win. You know, you win closer games. And even though the Panthers outshot Anaheim by almost 30, this was a close game where they needed overtime to win it. And a lot of these goals came from right in front of the net with him and Eric, with Eric Stahl and Ryan Lomberg. Um, I, I want to go back to A2 Lusterainen, uh playing second line center today because Sam Bennett once again is out, had two points, was a plus one, 11 for 20 in the face-off circle with a 55% face-off percentage, just under 20 minutes of total ice time. Got a little bit of power play and shorthanded time too. The jump he has taken in his game this season from being buried on the fourth line last year to getting that third line winger spot to now jumping up onto the second line center spot when Sam Bennett's not there. He really is kind of like a Swiss army knife or kind of like a utility guy where you can throw him wherever you need him in the lineup in the top nine and he's going to get a shift done. And that's exactly what happened. As you said, made a nice chip to Carter Verhage, who is now a 30 goal scorer for the first time in his career. And I also believe 30 goals should keep Carter Verhage in around the top 15 in goals in the NHL this season. That is a team high as well. So um, congratulations to Carter Verhage on that. Yeah, and and I mentioned this quite a few times of Dale Talon's last uh last uh, trade deadline as uh as general manager for the Panthers, which he was uh here once again in, in the Panthers press box as he's all as he always is for uh for every Panthers home home game. Uh and 
it also you also talk about let's also talk about how the Panthers really had to were also just banged up um in the middle of this game. I mean, Giovanni Smith takes a puck to the face, which uh and he doesn't return. Palmery said uh he got x-rays, uh, came out negative that he'll also be reevaluated uh tomorrow. Carter Hagee takes a puck in the neutral zone as well, struggles to get off the ice and then do, doesn't doesn't miss much uh time in this one as well and getting and, and getting and get of course getting that game winner uh like like we uh spoke about too. So it's just about and and I feel like the I feel like we've talked mostly about this with like Forsling um, and Barkov, especially when it when it came to just uh, taking pucks, going down, and then coming right back up. But uh, th but this time it was uh, Carver Hagee being able to uh, come back and get get that goal. Uh, walk us through how and Eric Stahl as well. Uh, he also uh, went out for a few a few minutes. Uh, just talk about. How about the Panthers and just even though they were banged up going into this about how they were about how they were able to just put that to the side. And of course, with adrenaline going, uh, how they were able to uh, still fight through. Well, at this point in the season, everyone is losing guys. You just see the Islanders lose one of their top three scores, Matt Barzell, um, and definitely in the middle of a play in, in a push for a playoff spot. Florida hasn't had Sam Ryan hard. They, you know, dropped Giovanni Smith. We only had about three. It was, uh, I think it was 329 of total on ice time um, after he took a puck to the face. But, you know, this is a game where you're playing the worst team in the NHL. You're down 2-0 at home. So, yes, I think the second half of that game was more on brand for how it should have been, where the Panthers are completely dominating the game. They, after going down 2-0, they came back with a three three goals to one. I mean, that's what you should do against the bottom-ranked team in the NHL when you're fighting for a playoff spot. You're now technically in a wild-card spot for the time being. They're going to drop out of that probably tomorrow, if not tonight, just because of the games in hand. But um, you needed this game because the next five is not easy. It's You got Buffalo, you have Tampa, you have Nashville, you have Pittsburgh, and you have Vegas. So you're playing um, all but Nashville. Those are teams that are either in a playoff spot or are right around you for a playoff spot. This was an extremely important game that they needed to win, and on paper they should have won. So it's a good thing the Panthers were able to get this one because even though they've taken out Buffalo twice this year, that's going to be a huge four-point swing in their next matchup, and it's better to be up there with at least one extra game to win then losing to Anaheim yeah, and Nashville back-to-back, -back, and now you're kind of fighting for your playoff hopes against Buffalo, who's been hot. So this was a very much-needed win for the Panthers. Mm -hmm. And by the time the Panthers do play the Buffalo Sabres, they'll make up two of those games in hand, and by the time they play Tampa on Tuesday, they'll make up three of those games in hand. So a lot of rest, three days three days off in between. So big, uh, big, big week, whether on – on days that the Panthers do play and on, on the days that, uh, they, they don't, uh, they're not on, on the ice, but we're going to transition over to segment number three, where we're going to discuss more about the, the Panthers wild card where like Alex teased, and we're going to discuss more about the teams around, uh, the Panthers as well. in in that race, we're going to discuss this more on this Monday edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. But first, we're going to tell you all about FanDuel Sportsbook. 
and we're at the midway point of the NBA season, and it's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and easy to use. And you can bet on everything from the money line, point scores, to threes drain. Plus, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance to free at a bigger payout with the same game, Parlay. So you don't miss the chance to get so don't miss the chance to get your first, your no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Third and final segment here on this Monday, February 20th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, where the Florida Panthers are celebrating a four to three overtime win over the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, so, Alex, uh, I asked Paul Maurice uh, this after the game about how this is the third time now since January 28th that the Florida Panthers have won a game when trailing after the first period. Of course, we were speaking about it for months, how they had none prior to that Boston game. And even before I asked Paul Maurice that question, he spoke about how that Boston game was so ingrained in his brain about coming back last minute and all. And I, I asked him, what is the mindset for Panthers going to the locker about their confidence to come out out of the intermission to come back? And he says, he says that he spoke about how this team, when coming back 4-1, it's not you're not going to do this against the grade, um, the, the top tier teams in, in, in the NHL, but getting within striking distance about how in about how important that is. And the Panthers, I mean, you could even see it in their goal differential. They're minus one right now. So not blowing teams out all the time, but not always getting blown out. I mean, I know we've seen that a little bit recently in St. Louis and Nashville, but they're always within striking distance, which I guess I know. And I know people have picked on Paul Maurice's system with playoff hockey and, and all, but how, how do you see, how do you see what Paul Maurice uh, said after the game about being in striking distance when, when it's crunch time? I just think that month of January is extremely important to the team's confidence and their playoff hopes. Um, when we talked to the players after the all-star break, they all were kind of reflecting on how important that Boston one was just for the confidence in beating the top team in the NHL, being able to go to, into the ex- extended break, excuse me, with such a great comeback win. Um, you know, having Alex Lyon or Alex Lyon in there for, for such a long period of those wins. The month of January was huge for the Florida Panthers just in terms of confidence. Now, not everything is pretty, as you could see with the St. Louis game. Now, I think that game was more of playing part of the one of the worst schedules in the nhl on a back-to-back but the nashville mm-hmm. game i have you know I, I don't have anything to say with that it's not like the legs were gone it's not like they were playing a back-to-back it's just they didn't come out to play that game but um you know it, it, i think that the panthers understand the situation they're in and they they obviously know they should have been they should be a better team than the standing show this season and they just haven't played up to that especially the beginning of the season. So the last six something weeks they they they've kind of been turning their game around a little bit in terms of just getting comeback wins because the comeback cats from last year they weren't winning any games coming from behind until recently. 
So mm -hmm. that's that's a big jump in their game, just being able to score goals in the third period too. Their third their third period goal differential, going back to around the middle of January, even when they started picking up uh, wins, was still a terrible deficit. It was really bad. And you slowly start to see that now they are putting more goals and they are playing more 60-minute hockey games than they were earlier in the season. But um, it's nothing too excited to get on just yet. We'll have to see how the next five games go because that's when you're really playing against playoff teams. And if they can keep the performances like we saw against Washington or that game where they beat Tampa a couple of weeks ago, if they can do that against these teams coming up and you get four out of these five wins, especially in these four-point swings, and you're making up the games in hand, then it's a whole new ball game with about 15 games left in the season. Mm, yeah, and you mentioned the third period uh, goal differential. It's still at minus 19 as the as the Panthers in the third period today were even. So even though Hockey Reference hasn't and the, updated And the national game certainly didn't help that. Yeah, so, it, it you know, the Panthers were – starting to get their their third period goals and then the nashville game just definitely uh put that out, out of whack actually but, i lie that's only one goal differential yeah. in the nashville game oh <laughs> so um so we 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 uh, spoke prior to recording about the barkoff lindell reinhardt line there was a few I, I believe there was a shift or two uh where Kachuk got on that top line to kind of create a little bit of a spark, but then they went back to Lundell, Barkov, and Reinhardt. Um, and right now that line has plateaued. I, um, Sasha Barkov for me was not that noticeable today for um, um, in in this game. There, of course, can sometimes be streaky up and down uh, as well. But I know Bennett is scheduled to hopefully come back on. Friday, maybe even Anthony Duclair. Um, do you see a possibility in those line in that top line being uh, broken up immediately? Well, I don't know about immediately because it's not like they just plateaued this game. Um, mm. It hasn't been the greatest. Like Lundell did get some of his confidence back playing on that line on, on the wing and just kind of getting more comfortable with his game over the last month or month and a half. He's played on the first line wing. But I, I think if Duclair is back on Friday, you got to throw him up there at Barkov. And um, Carter Verhage can really score with whoever is on his line. Sam Bennett and Matthew Kachuk have been electric together. So if Bennett is back, it's 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 a good luxury if you have Bennett back because he can play with Kachuk at a pretty good level. But Kachuk can also go up on the first line. I do think um, the, the offense has been kind of stagnant with that line, so it, it wouldn't be a bad idea at all. If you break up 16, 15, and 13, and you throw, you know, maybe you can throw Verhage on the top line and drop Reinhardt down, see what that does. Or, you know, when if Duke comes back on Friday, you throw Duke on the first line and you drop one of Lundell or Reinhardt down to the second or third with E2 if Bennett's back too. Then, I mean, here's the thing. If you, if you have a healthy Bennett and you have a healthy Duclair back, that's going to open it up where you can drop A2 down and you can play him third line center or you can play him on the wing and you can drop one of Reinhardt or Lundell down in the lineup. So now you're kind of loading up a third line, even though the third line tonight was electric. So, you know, I'm not the coach, but I do think you 
should take a look at breaking up that first line, whether it's one or two of the two of the guys. Yeah, and you mentioned and you mentioned how the third line was uh, was dominant as, as well. Usually, that mo- most times that's the Panthers' fourth line as well. And and how how much that could change with the with the Panthers if that goes back to being a fourth line. Yeah, like Dennis only... only played four. I don't think Dennis Sango touched the ice in the third period. He only played four um, four ten the whole game. So. And Colin White's been in and out of the lineup. Giovanni Smith, if you have to scratch him, you scratch him. So mm-hmm. it's like if you need to drop that third line down to the fourth line, that's not really a problem. It's mm-hmm. you know, if you have everyone back healthy, you're gonna prioritize a Duclair and a Bennett. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And and honestly, this will only benefit uh, the Panthers uh, as 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 a, as a collective uh, once those guys uh, do return back. I, I do believe that it'll be Dennis Denko, uh, uh as far as being sent down. It just makes sense. Early. He doesn't have to clear waivers. Yeah. And That's I was why thinking, Dennis Denko's been going down frequently this season. Yeah. So, but I do, I do want to see him get his opportunities, but that would mean that, would, um, and I was thinking early in the week, maybe Colin White goes on, on waivers because of how in and out of the lineup he's been to keep Dennis Denko on, on the team. But it's just, it, it's just, I, I, Right now, it's just like the for for Dennis Aiko, he's just not finishing his chances as well. At this point in the season, if Colin White hasn't seen waivers yet, I very unless there's something coming at a trade deadline where you need a clear cap, I don't think there's a great chance you will see Colin White on waivers if they don't have to make a cap move. Um, mm-hmm. Just because you're so close to the deadline and you're so so close to potentially the playoffs where there isn't a salary cap. Um, at this point in the season, I don't think you'd see him go down. You would drop Dennis Sanko down. You can always call him back up. Yeah, and and the opportunity it, will, will again for for, for Dennis Sanko um, as well. So so for and for Colin White, you get you get to keep him on in the lineup um, for 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 Paul Maurice's uh, squad as well, and you don't you don't lose a body. That's for sure. So a lot of a lot of rest for the Florida Panthers. Though they're off tomorrow, uh, so so looks like that they'll be back on Wednesday. They have a lot of rest. There'll be a lot of game game action between the teams chasing the Panthers in the in the next few few days, which will just be sitting back, relaxing, and just watching some hockey that's not the Florida Panthers, and just seeing how this uh, wild card race is going to shape in in the next. Uh, few days as the Panthers prepare for the Sabres which we'll have plenty of time the rest of the week to talk about that matchup on Friday but Alex I want to thank you so much once again for joining me on this edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast a post-game edition of the show let everybody know where they can find you online yeah you guys can find me on Twitter down below at a bomb Gardner 91 and yeah yeah of course follow follow him there uh where every every single every, or at least most panther games he will have his five takeaway art, art um articles uh, from five reasons sports network so make sure to give him a, a, a follow there so alex thank you once again and i will see you next time my friend and if you look what you're hearing please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the lockdown florida panthers podcast comes into your podcast feed don't forget to also subscribe to the other shows on the locked on nhl network including locked on nhl locked on fantasy hockey with flip livingstone and Stu roden 
and Locked On NHL Prospects. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listener of the day. If we're your second listener of the day, make sure to listen to today's episode of Locked On Sports Today. Peter Bukowski gives you a 20-minute or less podcast on the entirety of the sports scene with exclusive interviews and the take of the day. Follow Locked On Sports Today on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Summer Mount of Less with Alex Baumgartner. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Where's your team? Every day. After the holidays, a little cash goes a long way. The Chime checking account has tons of benefits to help, like fee-free overdraft up to $200 for eligible members, no monthly fees, and thousands of fee-free ATMs. You can even get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. Sign up for Chime today at chime.com goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. Access to direct deposits up to two days early depends on the timing of the submission of the payment file from the payer.